level up your hunting game and join the cause. Help preserve small town Texas hunting culture and become a more successful hunter by learning the best ways to squeeze the most out of your budget and precious time out in the field. Welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Here are your resident bandits, Richard Kinchlow and Jimmy Byrne. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Jimmy here, along with Richard. Corn Bandit. Or can't Corn Bandito, maybe? I don't know. What's up, Richard? Corn Bandito. <laughs> you uh, stealing the corn? I am. I am. Thank God, speaking of, man, the corn prices are really bad this year. Mm. Funny. I, I just would not funny at all. I was just thinking about that. But the... Uh, I mean, some some places are you know, eight eight fifty a bag type stuff. Jesus, inflation. Uh, and that's even for and that's even for um, yeah. I think it's a little bit cheaper for you know bulk when you buy by the ton. But there's a there's a lot of folks out there that are kind of getting their um, you know Labor Day do- opening day of dove season plans ready to go fill feeders, and they are not happy. <laughs> Right. Go oh. figure. Everything is more expensive if they even have it. Right. right. Well, I guess if folks are going to go out and fill feeders, if you're going to buy corn to do that, yeah. You think where do you reckon they should probably buy that stuff? Well, that that's very true. I recommend from a guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I I would highly suggest supporting your local feed store. Um, you know, let's let let's face it. This has kind of been something that we've been fighting against for years you know when you when you buy corn from a when you buy corn from a a big box store okay in this in the city or on some kind of country road you know the corn is not their priority okay that corn and we've actually talked to people that actually have said this that feed that they have out there is to get them to come in there to get hunters to come into these big box stores and buy other stuff all right and so that's the reason why they have it and, and a lot of the times, you know, and this is this is probably not a fair blanket statement, but I but I think it's definitely accurate in some cases. A lot of the times, that corn's not well taken care of. You know, maybe it's sitting out there in the heat and humidity, okay, where you know corn really needs to be stored, you know, in uh, in, 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 in at least a a semi climate area. You know, the other right. thing is how fresh is it? You know, uh, that's something else to consider. You know, does it have weevils in it? You know, I, I'll tell you this much, buying corn all these years I've been doing it, I don't think I have ever gotten a bag from a feed store that ever had uh, weevils in. And if y'all know what corn weevils are, they're these little bugs that get in there and they basically, they'll take a piece of corn and bore holes in it. And uh, sometimes the critter, if it's really bad, they, they'll just turn a whole bag into dust. Um, so, you know. Something, something to consider, but uh, hey, listen, we, it, it's expensive, and I highly recommend everybody supporting your local feed store, for sure. You know, the other aspect of, you know, when corn price is really high or the whatever feed prices, you know, for feeding, yeah. uh, feeding, you know, for deer and whatnot, right. you know, you don't also don't want or you want to eliminate as much as possible those damn feed bandits <laughs> stealing. Oh, yeah. Oh the, yeah, you know that corn that you're trying to keep for the deer, and you know, oh, yeah. you know, you made some great videos, you know, showing them things about like uh, coon hoods, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. To, uh, or the spintech uh, spinners, 
Yes. She yes. Can put on there, you know, things like that, you know. Oh, there, there's <laughs> absolutely no doubt. You know, the, the, the second that you go to get your corn feeder going, as we always say, you know, what is the first animal that will find that feed? Okay, well, okay, sure, people will be like, well, actually, it was the rosy-billed-breasted northern cardinal. Like, yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> right. Besides, besides the rosy-billed-breasted cardinal, it's going to be the raccoons, all right? And, you know, listen, when you when you get a group of them, all right, they're going to get greedy and they are going to start uh, trying to get up there. They're going to rip your spinner out. Uh, they're going to rip your your cables out and whatnot. So a couple of things you've got to do. You either got to put a really good spin mechanism on there. OK, so like the one that we that we like from um, uh, blah, 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 from Spintech. Spintech, is that right? I uh-huh. that. Yeah, that's yep, right. Yep. That's the name of the product. Spintech. Uh, they have they they make a really really good one. We've got a video on our our site about that. Um, you know, and also you know, tr- truthfully, just putting a, a cage around your your corn feeder is really a smart thing to do. Um, you know, because because that cage is going to prevent them to, from getting into your feeder mechanism and ripping your batteries out, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if 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 you're planning on going dove hunting, uh, you know, at your at your lease and not coming back down to deer season. Yeah, you better make sure that your that feeder is taken care of and is enclosed and is ready to rock and roll. And then truthfully, if you've been feeding, you know, protein and whatnot, you're about to get your corn feeder up and running. Uh, if you're going to be down there for a couple of days in dove seasons, I highly recommend setting a couple of uh, uh, coon traps with corn. Okay, it's too hot to use uh, stink bait and stuff because the ants will get on it. But try to thin those coons out. You can take four or five out in one night. Uh, that'll definitely give your corn feeder a fighting chance. That's for sure. And it can be kind of funny. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't uh, know. It's just uh, kind of my, uh, maybe it's my weird sense of humor, but. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. No, <laughs> for sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah for, yes. So uh, let's see. We're, we're recording this uh, about two weeks from the opening of dove season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two weeks, right? Yeah. So, I, I thought it was. I'm an idiot. I thought it was next week. Well, no. I'm. I mean, I'm I, dumber than but a you might get in trouble. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, well, oh, no, the guys in the Feed Bandit show said so opened up on August 28th this year. No, sir. <laughs> can you hear the? Can you hear the the bar in the background next to me? I can. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, for listeners, I'm sitting on the other side of a fence uh, at an old Texas bar, uh, 1896. Was and dance hall. Yes, when it was started. Well, take uh, me out to the dance hall. <laughs> Great song. I, I really the... like that background song. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm technically on location. I guess you could say. Yes. Uh, Yes, you'd be like a radio station and be giving away <laughs> coffee cups that nobody uses, right? <laughs> or, or koozies, you know? Yeah, yeah, or, or koozies that get you sent up. Yeah, or koozies. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So no, this is really cool. Um, I won't say on the podcast what it is, but maybe I'll put a picture of it on the 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 page. You know? So yeah, was, totally. <laughs> but uh, no, it's really cool. Everyone ought to come out here and do it uh, once in their life uh Absolutely. you know future podcasts i'll talk a little more about yep. it i guess but uh, for sure. anyway, sure. uh 
Yeah, well, I mean, go, going back, I'm, I'm glad we, we got off topic or got on topic talking about the corn and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know, and uh, it, it also it also pertains to your your hunting license as well. You know, people people don't really fully realize it, but, you know, all these feed stores, okay, they are they are ready to rock and roll. They are ready to help you when it comes to ordering or excuse me, to printing off your hunting license. You can do it right there. And then actually they do get a small little fee from it. And, and let me tell you, folks, you know, every little dime that we can give to these feed stores, keep them up and running and whatnot, is, is incredibly valuable. You know, and a lot of them also have got a lot of the hunting gear and supplies that you need, you know. So we always, if, <laughs> if you've seen any of our uh, social media, you will, you will clearly saying, see us saying, you know, skip the big box stores and support your local feed stores. Because, again, they've really got, they've got everything you need, no doubt. Yep, yep. All right. Well, with that out of the way, <laughs> yep, yep. I think we're just going to talk about a, a few random, interesting things that kind of came across our desks, if you will, uh, Love to. over the last week or so. Um, first one was this article that I saw. Uh, it's called The Deer in Your Yard Are Here to Stay. Mm. Now, is <laughs> the subtitle, the deer population of the eastern U.S. has exploded and cities are trying to keep, keep it in check. But right. the options available to them are limited and fraught. Now they should just fraught. fraught. It's like fraught with kind of leaving me hanging there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. The first paragraph or the first couple paragraphs were interesting. It said that a, de- a decade ago, deer were a rare sight on Staten Island. Well, is that surprising? Uh, white-tailed deer are thought to have abandoned the island in the 19th century, pushed by human development to open land in nearby New Jersey. In 2008, though. The estimated deer population of the 60-square-mile borough of New York City was only 24. That's in 98, or 2008. Then the the deer came back, swimming across the Arthur Kill and Raritan Bay from New Jersey in search of a new habitat. And then they reproduced. Boy, did they reproduce. It said, an aerial survey of the deer population in 2014, so six years later, put it at 793. Then three years later, in 2017, the estimate was 2,200 deer. Mm-hmm. So on Staten Island, you know, in New York City, literally, right, or in the borough, right. there, now there's 2,200 deer that they don't know anything to do with. And that, that's just kind of an example. And they go, the article goes through numerous cities up in the Northeast. But a big, big point of the, the uh, article is how they talk about efforts that they try to do to control the population, like setting up uh, managed like culling programs. Right. And uh, uh, one, I thought the way they described it, which is interesting, was like a, uh, a combined sharpshooting coal right. uh, process and or a sharpshooting coal process. So I think that'd be interesting. Obviously, if it's in kind of a more of an urban setting or something, right. <laughs> you know, right. you know, how are you going to do that? But anyway, obviously, well, a big part of it is they talk about the protesting of everything right. <laughs> you know and like the the how people just they can't put two or two together of like hey look if you don't control this population yeah. they're coming into the cities because sometimes yeah. there's a lot more easier food to get get oh, at yeah. yeah you know in the cities yeah there's a picture here of this lady holding these signs protesting saying a hundred years of peace shattered by shotguns no one idiot. <laughs> god in mercy. i thought that you was know what 
on opening day, we should hunt her, a stupid moron. <laughs> I wonder what idiot meat tastes like. I got, I got the way things are going, we might be trying it sooner than later. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll give you. It, it's interesting that we we talk about sharpshooters and whatnot because, you know, I know that that Texas actually has got uh, a handful of folks that, are, that that do just that. I mean, they are they're they're paid bounty killers, as you would hear on. Uh, you know, spaghetti westerns and stuff. How do I get that actually, job? Well, uh, well, that it's funny because I actually talked to one of the guys. He came to Rancho Bandito. He was helping uh, kind of take over for um, our old trapper who ended up kind of up and leaving us. So he he took over because he didn't really have an assignment. But, you know, we sat there like, you know, like we were in a movie theater on the intense moment eating the popcorn as this guy is sitting there telling us about his incredible job. Now, Granted, he probably makes $40,000 a year, but uh, he oh. sure as heck gets to have a lot of fun. Some of the yeah. things that he was was telling us about is, you know, his special assignments are he basically has a has a license to kill. You know, it's like James Bond. And he um, is allowed to he's allowed to use, you know, suppressors and whatnot. And he was talking to us about some of the jobs that he did. There was a and I, I don't remember all the details, but there was a big um infest, infestation of like black black about to say black hooded vultures but i think that's the one in africa um black vultures in somewhere and he actually had to go over there and and and, and takes take take care of or wipe some out you know with with, with like a, a suppressed 22 uh he talked about an infestation of uh, canada geese go figure on uh, he had to take care of those as well and then you know deer at lakeway coyotes and allen and it was absolutely fascinating. One of the, the creepiest things he said he had to do uh, was he had the, uh, an assignment on Fort Hood. And apparently, um, and this was at the cemetery in the winter, apparently the hogs were getting up there and they were rooting around the, the soldiers' graves. And, uh, of course, that's a, that's a major, major no-no. And the, the way the guy kind of described it is that, you know, you've got, you know, you've got, you know, habitat, you know, you've got like the, the thick area and then you've got this, you know, beautiful, lush, well-maintained uh, cemetery and you've got these hogs are coming out in the middle of the night and rooting stuff, you know, rooting up like they do. Uh, so that was one of his jobs to go out there and assassinate all these hogs that were, um, you know, that were out there doing that, doing that kind of thing. So um, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, I have always been of the opinion that, I mean, yeah, going out there and then shooting them is the best way into doing it. And he was telling us that he shoots a uh, a subsonic round, so it's already quiet, very quiet. Plus, he's got um, plus he shoots uh, with a suppressor, and he shoots ballistic tips so that there is no exit per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how they're able to you know to to operate in the city uh, and whatnot. So, huh. yeah, hell of a job though. Interesting. Well, you know, I mean, if I was single without a family, that'd be an awesome job. Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, well, it's interesting that the military would bring in an outsider, I guess, like that to do that. Yep. You'd think they'd yep. have, so, have a few people on base that would love to sit out there and. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Those- <laughs> I volunteer. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, the, it's. You know, one of one of the well, <laughs> there's so many problems we have in this world. Uh, 
But I, I think one of the solvable problems we have in this world is, is hunger. You know, I think a very successful program, I mean, not, I mean, okay, yeah, sure, in the United States, obviously it's nothing like, you know, Bangladesh or, Ken, or you know, uh, Kenya or whatnot. But, you know, the U.S., especially the big cities, still have got a, you know, hunger problem. You, know, you hear about all the kids that, who scumbag parents, and not all of them, okay, but, you know, a lot of them, you know, can't, uh, you know, don't take care of their kiddos, you know, for whatever reason. So, these, um, you know, these these homeless shelters and these soup kitchens and whatnot, you know, they rely on 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 meat, and so Hunters for the Hungry is is a great program, you know, where they they do just that, where you can go and you can donate a deer for twenty dollars, processor takes care of it for you, and you get a you know twenty dollar tax write off, depending on how many you donate. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that in areas like this, these urban settings where you've got you know nuisance deer out there, if you can take them you know, shoot them and throw them in the back of the truck and get them to a processing facility. Hey, guess what? You may have just, uh, you know, fed somebody's hungry belly for a couple of days. Um, you know, so I think that that is, I, I think that that's a very uh, optimal solution to that, to that, you know, the over overcrowding and whatnot. Right. No, that's a good point. That's an absolutely good point. That yeah. one, these, this lady with <clears throat> not holding the sign fails to realize, but I think it exposes probably the, the inherent hypocrisy of folks like that, you know, she, right. she cares more about animals than her fellow human beings. Right. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and that, that's very true. You know, I wonder if, you know, some stupid idiot like her, you know, uh, has actually, has actually thought about that. I'd be curious. We should go and we should go interview her, you know, hundred years of silence and shotguns and we can write, you know, uh, 2,000 years of hunger, you know, you dumb. <laughs> yeah, nah, she would just call us baby killers. Yeah, she probably will. <laughs> probably will. All right, well, I don't know. I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Just to, yeah. an interesting uh, current event, if you will. Yep. But, yep. Uh, well, I think the last thing I got here for us to talk about Especially because I'm getting absolutely destroyed by mosquitoes sitting here. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about to about to carry me off. No, no, I, I understand. Just uh, you know, if folks on here, if if you're not subscribed, you know, Texas Parks and Wildlife sent out yes. their August 2021 email yes. and uh, has some interesting and uh, I guess encouraging things to say. First thing they talk about it's called Dove Season Looks Good. Yeah, uh, it just says the first paragraph. Uh, and the February, if the February freeze affected our dove population, those losses have been balanced out by reproductive success due to the rainy year. The season, which you talked about on the, the last podcast, oh yeah, says the season for, forecast ranges from stellar in the south zone <laughs> to average good slash good in the north central zones. Oh, great! <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, everyone in the south zone, watch out. Get get it yeah, that's right. Get an extra case of shells at your uh, feed feed store, you know. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, so I mean that's encouraging. Said uh, just one quote here from uh, what is this? The Webless Migratory Game Bird Program Leader. Yep. Owen Owen Fitzsimmons. He said, yep. uh, "Quote: The cool, wet summer means habitat con- conditions are still really good, so late season hunting may be better than usual this year." So there you go. Yep. 
Yep. So. Well, yeah, and, and and there's something else that would that they're really not talking about. You know, that I'm actually kind of surprised that he didn't mention, but it was one of the the first things that that I kind of thought of as far as you know the season is concerned. You kind of jarred my memory when you mentioned that comment about the you know the north and central areas not being as good. You know, when we start to get these these cool fronts, and again, like I said before, all you got to do is go look at the weather and you know, North Dakota or whatever that country is to the north of the uh, U.S. Uh, and, you know, when you start to see it start to get pretty cold, which, by the way, I think you could probably already start seeing all that. Um, you know, you can expect to see birds start to kind of make their way down. And, and I think one of the things that that, that is going to be so big this, this time around uh, is the fact, again, like you said, with all this rain and cooler weather, uh, we just had a hell of a lot better habitat as far as water is concerned, seed bearing plants, et cetera. And it's going to hold a lot more of these migratory doves, uh, which will really be nice. Now, of course, you know, if this wet trend continues, okay, well, we all know what happens when we get the actual cold front, you know, blow those birds out of there and makes me really pissed off. But uh, so, you know, again, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see if that happens, but I, I really think a lot of these migratory dove are really going to be in for a, a nice surprise. On the flip side of that, I also think that, you know, all of this, um, this habitat, you know, when we talk about habitat, you know, obviously food, water, shelter, um, something that I think actually could be a negative to all this rain is the fact that, you know, a lot of these sea bearing plants, you know, sunflowers and whatnot, obviously sunflower is a weed. Um, they grow in fields and whatnot, you know, dove really prefer to, to feed on, you know, semi to almost bare ground. Uh, and you got to think about it. You'll look, look next time you get a chance and you see a dead sunflower head. Okay. A, a native sunflower head. Uh, and again, it's good and brown, uh, crush it in your hand and look at those little seeds. Okay. They're absolutely tiny. I mean, it, incredibly tiny. And so you can think about that if you've got, you know, uh, a dove who's trying to make his way through some thick grass, you know, and trying to feed on some sunflower that, that fed, if that grass is too thick, it ain't going to happen. So I do agree that I, I, I think it's going to be a, a banner year and whatnot, but, you know, you, I think you also got to consider where you're hunting. You know, if you're, if you're in a field that, you know, that hasn't been mowed, okay, and it's got a ton, a ton of understory grass, well, it's still got sunflowers. That's going to be tough, man. I really think it is. Um, but, it's you know, hard to that, find if you shoot one, probably. Oh, okay. well, that, the boy. That, that's, <laughs> if you don't have a dog, you know. That, absolutely. Well, God, even with a dog. That's true. Yeah. Even with a dog, a, a tired dog with a dry nose is not going to, I mean, it's just, it's not going to do you any good. Just wear your snake boots. Yeah. Boy, isn't, that isn't that the case yeah and, and that's the other thing you know with with this cool weather and this rain and stuff everything is having a banner year and that includes our our serpent friends that's for sure yeah yeah yep so watch out yep big time well big time, thing, big time. yeah the last thing uh to remind folks about i think on this what they talk about on this email and i believe you take advantage of or try to every year is this uh Entering in to win these big time Texas hunts. Yes. <laughs> they say the entries close October 15th. So, uh, yeah. Have you entered? 
Oh yeah, every blankety blank year, sixty five dollars. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're interested in the in, in trying to win some of these hunts, I highly suggest you do this about two weeks ago because uh, some of them have already closed. Um, and in fact, I just lost. You know, this is like the fourth year consecutive. Of course, I lost the. Uh, I always sign up for the pronghorn antelope. You know, they've got kind of different ones. They've got you know one that you can go by yourself. They've got one that's guided. And then they, you know, they got that both those options in the Panhandle and in the Transpecus. So, um, it, well, it doesn't matter for me because I've lost both of them. But uh, no, they still got a ton of whitetail, a lot of exotic stuff, you know. And, and I love what what Texas Parks and Wildlife does. If you look at some of these, um, if you look at some of where these where these these hunting places are, you'll be like, oh. Oh God! It's uh, you know uh, uh, Rosemont Park. That's where we camped, and and blah, 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 that's Bambi. Well, just like the the idiot with the sign. Okay, you know even at state parks, deer will eat themselves out of house and home. So you know in state parks, they've got to they've got to regulate. Now my advice, and I don't know why I'm saying this because I God knows I don't need any more competition. But uh, some of these hunts take place in the hill country in the Rio Grande Valley where they've got exotics. And I've actually heard of some guys uh, in the hill country uh, that will come back with six or seven axes deer. Good Lord. Hunt. So you, you literally, <laughs> you are hunting in a camp zone or a campsite. I think they even put corn down for you. And you just, it's, it's, it's a free for all with the axis. And of course with hogs and all that kind of stuff. So good God. That'd be, you know, that'd be I my, have not my that, dream. No, oh, I know, I know. That drawing has not happened yet, but uh, obviously I will check in if it if it does happen. I've I've got preference points, so we'll see if that that counts. Probably won't. But <laughs> well, it would be cool to get the Texas Grand Slam. Oh my God, you know? that would be awesome. Yep. Oh, maybe that someday. Would, yeah. Yep. No, there's absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and by, and by the Grand Slam, you know, the white-tailed deer, the antelope, the uh, pronghorn antelope. The desert mule, muley, which is the only mule deer species we have, and then of course the the Texas bighorn, which mm -hmm. that is the most covenant of all tags in the state of Texas. Um, they do the surveys in um, I think they do one in May, and that's actually we we lost a couple of biologists in a horrible helicopter accident. Um, so that that this year is going to be kind of a, a somber event because uh, you know two two folks died. Um, and all for the name of preservation of this, you know, incredible species that we're, that we're bringing back in the Transpecus. But um, so they, they'll do another survey here in the next couple of weeks, I think. And then from there, they'll, they'll you know, issue the number of tags. And I, it's typically only two. Uh, one goes to this <laughs> one. And then another one is, is done some other way. I think it's given to the Texas Bighorn Society. You know, and of course, the highest bidder wins, which is yeah. normally, you know, uh, probably north of 500 grand, if I had to guess. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, maybe someday. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yeah. All right. You got anything else you want to impart? That's to all I got, man. Loyal listener? All I got. Yeah. All right. Well, all I got. like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, just, uh, you know, if you're thinking about buying your corn to take out to your land yes. or you, you need to renew your license and you get some shells, whatever you need, might need to get, please consider that local feed store close to where you, you know, where you hunt. 
Yep. It, uh, really used to help. So, no doubt. Yeah. All right. All right. That uh, here comes the uh, the uh, local cat coming up to see what I'm doing. Yeah. It's, it's literally coming and walking right up, laid right next to me. Oh, I love it. I don't know know this cat from Adam, but I have seen it around. It's uh, lived at the bar here. So, <laughs> is it is it like the cat at uh, the Rancho Bandito? Uh, this one's a uh, black and white. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, I mean, very, very similar. Tuxedo cat is what they call it. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But all right. Mm. All right. The Corn Bandit, we will uh, catch you and I guess the rest of the folks on the next episode. Thank you all yes, for listening. Sir. And it's for your local feed store. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. If you like what we discuss on the show, be sure to sign up to our email list to get even more killer hunting ideas, tips, tricks, and exclusive deals on innovative hunting gear and services delivered straight to your inbox. Sign up over at FeedBandit.com or simply by texting the word BANDIT to 33777. See you on the next one, and remember, support your local feed store.